Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Final half hour of the program today. Sorry, I have, uh, I have almonds stuck in my teeth. Yeah, I've been trying to snack more. And yeah, my wife says it's healthy if you have, uh, instead of like one big giant meal in the middle or in the end of the, at the end of the day, uh, if you have smaller snacks throughout the day. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to follow her advice. And so I have here before me some Blue Diamond Almonds. They're bold. Habanero barbecue. And they are stuck in my teeth. And it's annoying. And I apologize for making you listen to that. And if you hear me picking my teeth, I apologize in advance for that. All right. When uh, I was young, I was in second grade, there was uh, a building project at my school, where I was going to school uh, at the time. Uh, some more people had moved to town. There were more kids. We needed more space for the school. And so a construction project was undertaken. And as part of that construction project, the school decided, hey, you know what would be great? You know what would be great? Let's put together a time capsule. Yeah, uh, we'll have the students uh, come up with some ideas. We'll put things from the community, from the school, from the students themselves. Uh, we'll cram them all into this uh, time capsule, and we will uh, seal it up to be unearthed uh, years and years from now. Well, we did that, and it was a wonderful joy. I remember, uh, as a second grader, debating back and forth with my friends, well, what should go in there? Uh, well, obviously, we should put pictures of all of us. Uh, we should put money, currency, you know, in the future. Who knows, 20 years from now, money may be obsolete. <laughs> yeah, we'll have that turn out. Uh, we, we put some predictions of the future. I think we all predicted flying cars. I think we, some of us predicted, like, amphibious cars. Uh, you could drive on the road and on the water. Imagine that. Uh, but but flying cars—that was probably what we were uh, what we were predicting then. And we were all going to be millionaires, right? We, I remember, predicted uh, one of the writing assignments for the time capsule was that we uh, were to predict how our own future would play out. And uh, well, I am far less wealthy than I had predicted. Uh, I, I do have. I, listen, I, wealth is not measured in money. I do, of course, uh, enjoy the happy company of my beautiful wife, uh, baby daughter Piper, and uh, tailless cat Rachel, who is there next to me right now, uh, guarding the habanero barbecue almonds. Well, <clears throat> I so enjoyed that experience, and I, I remember the joy that I felt uh, putting all of those items into this time capsule, and and. It wasn't until just this morning, in fact, that I had uh, remembered that time capsule from all those years ago. And so now uh, my task is to uh, cross my fingers and hope that they haven't unearthed it quite yet. Uh, and then see uh, what the plans are for when it'll be unearthed. I would love to go back in there uh, and see what is there. Because time capsules, in concept, are a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, in practice, 
in practice, not always do the contents within a time capsule survive and endure. It has been, uh, you watch the History Channel enough, uh, it's been very disappointing sometimes to see uh, some of these like cornerstones uh, broken open at various historic buildings uh, around the world and find that either mildew or moisture or even bugs or some other uh, natural occurrence has really destroyed everything that was so thoughtfully put inside uh, the time capsule. The reason I bring this up, the reason I've bored you with uh, my own second grade uh, homework assignment uh, the reason I have bored you with uh, my History Channel viewing practices is that just this morning we learned uh, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, that a, a capstone, an orb capstone specifically, uh, which for the past 128 years has stood atop the temple just below the angel Moroni's feet. If you can close your eyes and picture that sphere that was there, that was the capstone. The capstone there, uh, and it was 128 years ago that it went up. There was a crowd of some 30,000, 40,000 people here uh, in Utah, a crowd uh, of a size never before seen, record-setting crowd here, uh, joined to see the placement of that capstone. Inside, inside the capstone, it turns out uh, there were about a dozen books and materials as well as hundreds of coins and medallions. There was a gold-leaf copper plate among those materials on which was inscribed uh, the names of the church's general authorities and who, uh, who were there, the names of the general authorities who were there uh, for the, the, the laying of that cornerstone, as well as the names of the general authorities there on the day the capstone uh, was hoisted atop uh, that, that structure. So when the temple construction was commenced, the names of those present there, uh, as well as those present on the day the capstone was placed, uh, 39 years in between, 39 years in between. Um, I want to take a moment to brag about one of my uh, coworkers. Uh, if you make your way right now uh, to to the, the KSL News Radio app, where you obviously can listen to the program, uh, I'll tell you now too. There's a video stream. You can see these. Uh, you can see these almonds I've been eating. <laughs> if you'd like to bore yourself in that uh, manner, uh, the KSL News Radio app, powered by Any Hour Services, right now uh, there is an expert write-up on exactly what the church has uh, discovered and revealed and cataloged, uh, and there are pictures of all of this, uh, including uh, including the 400 coins that were found. Uh, there were nickels, dimes, pennies, quarters, as well as uh, sixpence, uh, threepence, a half dime three-cent pieces uh, from the time, uh, and some of them included uh, the engravings of people's names on them. So, uh, interestingly, the, the coins that were placed in there uh, bear the names of those uh, individuals who uh, placed them in there. Uh, books from this, uh, from this time capsule include a copy of the Bible, uh, also an 1880s or 1890s copy of the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, and a pair of books written by Parley P. Pratt. Also, there were some letters uh, found in the time capsule uh, between uh, Orson Spencer and William Cromwell. So that was a latter saint theologian, Orson Spencer, and the Reverend uh, William Cromwell. Now, here is the unfortunate thing. Um, time capsules don't end up being great places to store items. Uh, 
Emily Utt, Historic Sites Curator for uh, the Church History Library, talked a little bit about uh, this and the condition in which the relics were found. Uh, Let's start at the beginning, though. Here she is talking about actually opening this time capsule. We hoped it would be easy, that we could just pop the top off, that everything is nice, simple, and we could just move on. But as we started excavating, started working, trying to get that top off, we found out how difficult it was. And then she discussed the ceremony for placing the capstone. The capstone ceremony on the Salt Lake Temple was a huge event. There were tens of thousands of people on Temple Square. And then lastly, she talks about the condition of the items uh, discovered within this capstone and why the items were so damaged. Everything was very damp. And part of that is because they had dumped concrete around all of the, the packets. And concrete will sweat and leach and get hot um, as it's curing. And the books essentially were sponges. That uh, describing the, the moisture damage, Emmeline Twitchell, the conservator of the uh, Church History Library. It's a fascinating discovery, uh, and it is a, an interesting look at history and the items decided upon by those people participating, uh, which would be important to us. And so I would invite you to make your way to either the KSL News Radio app or kslnewsradio.com, read through this article, and in particular, look at the images of the relics that were extracted from this time capsule. Uh, time capsules are a fascinating fascinating thing uh, to imagine uh, taking a glimpse back into history. In this case, 128 years, regardless of the condition of these relics, uh, is a fascinating thing. I invite you to check it out at kslnewsradio.com. Quick break. When you and I return, final segment of the program, we're going to take a look at some of the oddities which have come up in congressional hearings over the past two days. Some interesting things have taken place. I've got some audio you have to hear next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.